GBC Podcasts, local voices on demand. Hello, thanks for listening to the Gibraltar Today podcast. I'm Jonathan Scott. Does Gibraltar give a good impression to our visitors? Now, horticulturalist and garden designer Albert James Freyoni has clear views on this topic. Good afternoon to you, Albert. You design gardens for a living, so what makes a place attractive? Hello, good afternoon, Jonathan. Thank you very much for inviting me. Um, I felt compelling coming over because, you know, my 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 past, I've, I've worked for the tourist um, industry. I used to work for the Gibraltar Tourist Board and, you know, within the hospitality industry. And I felt compelled in coming over because, in my opinion, uh, Gibraltar doesn't give a good impression um, due to the lack of cleanliness. It's that our streets are filthy, our pavements are you know, out of date, broken pavements everywhere, walls that needs rendering unpainted. It just needs a, fresh, a refreshing um, and a sustainable maintenance program. Um, you don't think that things are maintained well at the moment? Yeah, exactly, they're not. Um, that is, in my opinion, in my view. Like pavements, uh, pavements green areas? Green areas. No, green areas, I mean, they, they, I, in my opinion, you know, uh, the other uh, contractors that are on Gibraltar, they do, I think they do an amazing job. We and, do have lovely yeah, green beautiful, absolutely, patches, exactly. and, well, and they More they, and more of them, to yeah, be fair. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Commonwealth Park is, a, is an amazing addition, and I think it should, the, for example, the Gibraltar Botanic Gardens and Commonwealth Park should overflow to the rest of the city area. That's my opinion. Well, but the, the, but the um, GSLP Liberal manifesto that was presented at the last election that people voted yes. for yes. Um, was to one of the main ideas or one of the really attractive ideas and it was to create this green lung That's right, along which, Queensway. Which I think is a fantastic idea and I, and I hope that will, you know... See, so they, they've added Campion Park, which, exactly. which is beautiful, beautiful as well. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. if it could extend south now, that would be great. Uh, absolutely. But... One of my points is that, for example, we want to make Gibraltar a pedestrian friendly. Of our urban infrastructure is outdated. There are pavements that haven't been touched for decades since my parents were courting. You know, like for example, um, just down by um, Glasses, um, what's it called? Um, just by Portland House, that mm-hmm. pavement there. Hasn't Glasses been, Road. Yeah, Glasses Road it hasn't been touched, you know, for decades and decades. It's right next to the city walls. That's right, exactly. Which I think our city walls should be enhanced. But what my point is that I don't see there's a, a sustainable program of maintenance on an annual basis. You know, I think governments, all governments, I'm not just mentioning, you know, the, the, the present administration. I think all governments, they come up with grandiose projects, which is great, but have they... Um, factor in a sustainable maintenance program. Things are done, and then they're not repaired. Um, and this is, you know, at the end of the day, it's our taxes, it's our money, it's our things. And you, you wrote a, a, a Facebook um, opinion a few months back, which um, which had hundreds of comments. I mean, this is something that you you feel really strongly about. No? Yeah, very much. So. Yes, it's it's the thing is we need if we want to sell. Gibraltar, the first thing we have to do is get the product right. And the product is not right. And don't get me wrong, I think the Gibraltar Tourism Board, you know, the, the, the Director of Tourism, the Minister, they're doing the best they can with what they have. And and I do understand as well that the government have a lot on their plate. You know, the, It's a difficult uh, bre- moment. Exactly. You know, the Brexit Treaty, the, the COVID and everything we've been through. And the cost this, of you living know, crisis. Exactly. And obviously, but what we have to do is the little budget that we have left 
for which which I believe is the most it is the main pillar of our economy, the tourism, the product needs to be right and that little budget, you know, start repairing pavements and have a sustainable program of maintenance and that's that's uh, what I, in, I believe. Uh, in should. all areas of life, Albert, you, you need to think big and believe that we can all together do better. Absolutely. And and you know, one thing that I that I want to clarify is that it's not just government's responsibility. We are all in it. Is our citizens supposed to be, you know, looking after to have a bit of civic pride, which unfortunately we lack. You know, sometimes you go to El Roji and Rocha Bay over the weekend and there are people that they live all the mess, all the dirt. Come on. You know, this like is maybe not after wrong. after a takeaway on a Friday night, yeah, for example. Absolutely. And in my view I think that government should penalize heavily on people like that because you know, it's our home. This is this is nuestra casa. You know, and and we should showcase our home. And you know, it it's se me ponen los dientes largos. Pardon the expression. That when I see little towns like and like Estepona, which everyone is talking about, beautiful place, stunning. And we could do better. This is the frustrating thing. I mean, we one could of the, do a lot better. When you when you mention Estepona, I immediately think of the, the beauty of the of the landscaping in the old town. The, no, oh, it's really sort of stunning. It's stunning. Uh, but and, but and it's something which has come a long, a long way in in recent years. Yes, I think exactly. And but also it's a question of, you know, we all have to add that little grain of sand. We all have to contribute to this. It's not just government responsibility, but it's also the people. You know, have a little bit of civic pride. You know, it makes me angry when I hear people, oh, I've just been to this such and such a town. It's so beautiful. Hold on a minute. But Gibraltar is beautiful. We could do even better. This is what's frustrating. But I, but to touch base, I think the most important thing, in my opinion, is we should um, sort out our urban landscape, our urban, you know, our pavements and our roads and make sure that it's clean, con consistency, you know, well, that is today important. Today it's, uh, it's had a, a big helping hand from the heavy rains. <laughs> yeah, no? I know, yeah, that's right. After yesterday's torrential downpour, um, it has helped. <laughs> but I but think we that, can't uh, rely on No, of course on not. The rain. No. Yeah. So. Okay, and um, uh, let, me, let me play devil's advocate for a moment and put to you that as a horticulturalist and a garden designer, of course you want more landscaping, but yes. why... Why should we, when, when money is tight, I mean, are, are there more important things to spend money on? Because in my opinion, if you invest in your city in things like the urban landscaping, the soft landscaping, that, in my opinion, will not only att will attract visitors, but also attract investors and say, right, this is the place I want to invest, not just buy a property for tax purposes and cruzar la frontera and go to Marbella. No, no, on the weekends. I want people, you know, to come to Gibraltar, this is the place I live. It's so beautiful. It's like, it's stunning. I want to stay here and I want to invest here. That is what I think. So that you think a little bit of money would bring a bigger return? Of course. It's, if you, you have to invest to bring back. It's like, Gibraltar is like a business. You have to invest to attract. What about, you mentioned in your opinion piece, um, uh, two things that I wanted to ask you about. Firstly, uh, giving entry points a wow factor. So the port, but moreover the airport and, and, and first and foremost the, the land entry. You think we could do better there? Absolutely. You know, landscaping, painting. Um, you know, this is obviously this will eventually will, will happen, I think, in, in, I don't know, years to come. But when you cross the tunnel... Um, 
you know, I think it's a fantastic project and it's wonderful and, and alleviates traffic and all that. But for example, you see that side walls, it would be wonderful to have murals. Oh, yeah, mural you in know, that tunnel would be great. Yeah, and, and a colour. Gibraltar needs colour, needs brightening it up because we have enough with the, the Levante cloud on top and we have this tendency of putting everything grey. <laughs> grey this, everything grey. You know, we need to add colour. Okay. needs brightening it up. Um, the the other thing that you mentioned was that you'd love to see a, a working water feature, a fountain. Well, I I believe that water features um, is a sign of prosperity. It's a sign. It's a representation of a prosperous city. You know, in ancient Rome, they have fountains everywhere, as an example. And there's only one fountain in Gibraltar, which unfortunately doesn't work. And even you cross the border in La Linea, all the fountains are working. So, where why is this happening? Okay, uh, we've got comments that are coming through and um, and I'll read those out a little bit later. But before we let you go, Albert, um, you must be excited about the prospect of uh, the east side development delivering a big new green area, no? Absolutely. I think it's fantastic, like a new botanic gardens. It's, I think it's a fantastic project, yes. You know, I think we have, I think we have to strike the balance. Um, also, one thing that I want to point out is very important um, I mean, there's a lot of things I would like to point out, but obviously we have a limited time. Is you can come our, back. <laughs> yeah, um, is our our old town? Uh, I think it's it's imperative. We must protect our old town and our heritage, which is something that represents us, the the urban the the the, the upper town area, and protecting the the facades and the Genoese shutters. What makes Gibraltar unique, you know? I think that's very important. Also, a, a tourist product in its own right, because that will attract small businesses, little hotels, and you know everyone that all cruise ships that go to, um, you know, to many Mediterranean ports, they all like to go to the old town because it's it's attractive. It's part of the character of the place. On Radio Gibraltar and on GBC Television, Gibraltar Today with Jonathan Scott. If, like me, you use contact lenses or glasses, you might remember the first time that you held up a lens that could help you to see properly. For me, it was an experience that has stayed with me. Uh, it, um, I don't think I'd realised how much my eyesight had deteriorated. I got really excited about being able to see properly in the classroom because I was 16 at the time, and it gave me new confidence. And, um, and I think I was uh, more able to play football, hockey and tennis, which I loved, and it made a big difference to my life. Um, our next guest has, in her own time, made a big difference to the lives of more than a 100 children. Uh, she's just back from Guatemala, a charity mission with a team of eye professionals working at Moorfields Eye Hospital. Uh, they screened almost 400 children who had never had an eye test before, their families wouldn't be able to afford glasses even if uh, these were needed, uh, but they won't have to pay for them. As part of the charity drive, glasses will now be made for all of those who need them by uh, an establishment called Rawlings Opticians in Croydon in London. A great project. Good afternoon to Michelle Brown. It must be lovely, it must be really sort of enriching to be part of this. Thank you, Jonathan, for having me on the show. Absolutely. It was an absolutely incredible and rewarding experience um, and one that hopefully can be repeated in future. So your official title is head orthoptist. Um, uh, you're an eye professional, but what does um, being an orthoptist entail? That's correct. So in ophthalmology, there are a couple of different eye specialties. Um, there's orthoptics, which is what I'm trained in, which is 
um, Squint's development of uh, binocular vision and basically eye coordination, how the eyes function together as a pair. Then you also have the optometrists who are the, the ones that refract you and determine if you need any glasses, exactly what type of glasses. And they're also trained to look at the health and the back of the eye as well. So things like glaucoma and diabetes. And then, of course, you've got the ophthalmologist, the squint surgeon and ophthalmic surgeon. Okay, so that's um, that's your profession and you work mm -hmm. at the Health Authority. But this is what uh, we're, we're talking to you today about a, a charity initiative that you did in your own time. That's correct. So as um, all across Europe, there's a vision screening program whereby we screen all children, orthoptists, um, at the age of four to five. And this gives us a chance to pick up any undetected eye conditions, which are crucial to um, correct early in order for the eyes to develop properly and to their full potential. Um, so this project came about with a consultant from Moorfields who decided that he'd like to concentrate some efforts in Guatemala, specifically in an area which was quite uh, poor. So he teamed up with this um, UK-based charity called Education for the Children. And um, together with a, a couple of other professionals from Moorfields, I was invited onto the team. And we headed out there with a plan of screening over 400 children. We ended up screening a bit less. Um, and about... Almost 400, not 370. Almost, exactly. Unfortunately, there were a couple of classes off with chickenpox. And since we did the initial contact in November, um, a couple of the younger classes are no longer carried on because there wasn't enough sponsorship. So unfortunately, they, they could only provide for children over the age of six. Right. Wow. So, so this is uh, Guatemala, which um, must be um, an amazing place to visit, but very different to Gibraltar and nearby Europe. Absolutely. I mean, it was uh, obviously a big advantage being able to speak Spanish. Um, being able to feed back to the parents of some of these children as well because even if you have a translator it's not the same if you don't have the medical terminology you, you have the language and the sort of specialist knowledge exactly so i think it was a great combination um, with my colleagues um, and it was just such a rewarding experience to see these children so excited to see us i mean they're so happy with so little and to see their faces light up when we put these lenses up as you were describing earlier being able to see picking out, you know, frames, having a choice, the pink, the green, the blue, and just seeing their little faces was just incredible. I mean, for somebody who's uh, been through it, they'll know what we're talking about. But I was trying to think for somebody who hasn't had any eye issues in the past, um, I don't know what the best uh, sort of reference is, but what I thought of was, uh, you know, like watching something on um, an old television, uh, you know, maybe mm -hmm. um, via a bad satellite link. Yeah. And then switching to full like ultra high definition 4k yeah. and, and and it's just it, it's it's a game changer isn't it the colors absolutely. the definition absolutely so with these children um they won't have complained of anything because they can't they don't know anything better they haven't got anything for comparison but when you put up these lenses and they can see so clearly that's when you sort of you can see sort of the light bulb switch on um, so these children are getting this amazing opportunity um, in getting a, a better education through this charity, which is trying to break the cycle of poverty by you know, letting them apply and aspire to better paying jobs and having that education. What's the name of the charity? It's called Education for the Children. And obviously, if, if we can help even in a small part by improving their vision, then that will remove an obstacle to their learning. 
Amazing. And um, it, 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 I mean, from, from my own experience, you know, it, it sort of, and, and I, my eyesight wasn't terrible, but it was, it was bad enough that I did need corrective lenses. And, you know, it was school, it was sport, it was your confidence, exactly. no? because when you're a young person, uh, you know, it, it has a, it's difficult to overstate the impact that it can have. Absolutely. I mean, I see it even even in clinic here. I mean, we're very lucky to have um, health and education that's free at the point of source. Um, there's no child that's going to go without glasses if they need to because we get financial assistance. But over there, we were seeing children who maybe had a pair of glasses and they broke three years prior and the parents just can't afford to get a new, pa- new pair because a new pair of glasses is the equivalent of one or two months family family income. So it can make a, a lasting difference to that quality of life. Absolutely. So once we were there, we decided that one pair of glasses per child was not going to be enough. Um, so as we've been very lucky in having very generous sponsors to the GoFundMe page, we decided that every child was going to get a second pair as a spare in order to make sure that if there are any breakages, that it's not going to impact on their future. That's great. So you mentioned the GoFundMe page. Um, if you go on to um, your web browser of choice and if you search for GoFundMe glasses for kids in Guatemala, you'll be able to support the amazing work that Michelle is describing. Thanks for listening to those highlights from Gibraltar today. I'm Kelly M. Borge, the show's producer. We're live on Radio Gibraltar Monday to Friday from 1 to 2 getting behind the headlines and you can catch up here whenever you like until next time have a good one gbc podcasts local voices on demand